You're listening to Simparts Radio, episode number 146, and today is a special bonus episode on the Cheater's Guide to Meal Planning and my top go-to recipes for spring. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today is a special bonus episode on meal planning. Now, earlier this week, I asked on Instagram, what your biggest hangup was. Was it more about taking care of your kids and feeding your kids well or meal planning? Now, I know that can be a really big decision because like, how do you pick? But the consensus was, is that you need meal planning help. Those quick and easy things that you can grab for breakfast and lunch or quick ways that you can prep meals at night so that you aren't left with nothing. Because I know I'm living in a week, fascinating that I'm doing this podcast, where I didn't buy enough groceries, we're at the end of the week, and let's just say the refrigerator is very, very bare. So there is a means to this. It does take work and it's not going to be perfect every single week. Like I think first of all, that we just have to let go of this idea of perfection, that you're going to mess up and you're not going to meal plan every single week. I, I can assure you life happens, right? But the weeks that you do, you're going to find are going to go so much better. But I think that there's this big preconceived notion about meal planning that's so stifling. And so, so many people don't even do it. Like it's a good thought, but it's just another stress. And remember, I'm opposed to anything like that that causes more stress because then it's causing more harm than maybe even good. And that's what brings me to the first point. Meal planning is mostly a mental game. I mean, is it not? Of course, you have to have time to actually sit down and do it, but it's a mental game of, man, do I really want to do this? Like I said, if it's a stifling thing, then it becomes an obligation. And the last thing that you want to do on the weekend when you have freedom is to be obligated to do something else that seems to be so much work. And so we get defeated by meal planning. Trust me, I understand this. I even get defeated once in a while. And I feel like when I get defeated, it's because I've overcomplicated the system. (laughs) And that's why I call this the cheater's guide to meal planning, because it's the simple way to meal plan that actually works for you. And that's the key, is that it works for you. Now, I'm going to give you my system and what I like to do. It's pretty vague. It's very flexible. Some people need a lot more structure to this. You can add that. The thing about meal planning is that it's only going to work if it's a picture of who you are, right? Like if it's a part of who you are, not just something that you do, but who you are. And that's what's cool about meal planning is that we can give you kind of this foundation and you can change it based on whatever your needs are and whatever your personality is. So I was talking to my sister the other day, and this is one of the reasons I got this idea, is she was telling me if I would just meal plan, I wouldn't be so stressed out at weeknights and really just become frustrated by the whole system and mad at every other area of my life. Like That's what's so funny to me about meal planning is that if it's not done or if you get to uh, an evening and your kids are hungry and everyone's flying off the wall and it's later than normal and you really have nothing in your refrigerator to cook, like you get mad or at least I get mad and angry, but I don't just get angry at the fact that we don't have food for supper. I get angry at my husband. I'm more volatile with my kids. Like life just seems to fall apart when mealtime isn't structured, right? Like when meals aren't set, everything else just kind of goes chaotic, at least in my own life. 
And so I was talking to her and she said, I just feel like meal planning is so stifling. Like I just can't get my head around it because she's someone that's like, if it's not done perfectly, I'm not going to do it. Um, and so she gets very frustrated by this process of, well, of just picking up and kind of going with a flow. And I know that's a personality type and so many people struggle with that. But here's the thing, as we were talking, what she said I thought was really profound is that I have to stop looking at meal planning as stifling, as stressful and sucking the life out of me. And instead, I need to start looking at meal planning as a means to freedom right? Like it's going to give me freedom in the weeknights. It's going to give me freedom at breakfast and lunch. Like it's just going to take this enormous weight off my shoulders so that I can enjoy more of my life. And I thought that hit the nail on the head, that we have to stop looking at meal planning as a stifling activity that we have to do that constrains our weekend. And instead, we need to start looking at meal planning as a source of freedom. So I have five big tips about meal planning that I think everyone should take into account. Like these are the first five big things before I tell you how I actually do it. One is it needs to be simple. There are millions of new recipes coming to the internet or the interwebs every single week, right? Like there are food bloggers all over the world that are creating new recipes, sometimes three or four a week. It's overwhelming. If your Pinterest account is just loaded with new recipes, like just shut it down for a bit. I kind of believe that in order to start meal planning, you have to go back to what you already know. You have to go back to your comfort zone. So go back to the recipes that you know, that you love, and you've cooked a million times. If you want to add something new or you're trying to transition to something healthier, only add one new recipe a week, if that. And make sure the night that you add a new recipe, it's a pretty low-key night, right? Like there's not a lot of pressure to get in and get it done. Um, and so keep it simple. Don't over-complexify that. And I know that there are a lot of people creating meal plans. We do over on nourishplanner.com. We send out a weekly meal plan. And I've really toyed with this because I don't always use it. Like it, it creates great ideas, right? But oftentimes I'm just going back to my repeated menu cycle that we have going that I know works, my kids like, it's easy and I don't have to think about it a lot. Like most people are actually going to cook their norm. They say on average, people have about 10 to 15 recipes in their wheelhouse. And those are the recipes that they stick to 99% of the time. So don't get this crazy idea that you're going to start meal planning and all of a sudden you're going to start incorporating all these new recipes. Like that's a bad way to think about it. Start meal planning, but incorporate all the recipes you already know what to do that are already in your wheelhouse. And if you want to add one, then just add one a week. Number two is it needs to fit your personality. Like I said, some people need to be super structured with this and have breakfast, lunch, dinner all planned out for the week, buy groceries accordingly and prep it all. I, on the other hand, take a little bit more flexible approach. While I have the ideas there, I also have some pantry staples because I kind of like to eat based on how I'm feeling, which generally comes from the weather or how stressful the day was. So I have my list of a few pantry staples, like recipes that we can always pull from, but then I, I have these other ideas that I've meal planned and I have the ingredients for. Now, when you do this, the thing about it is, is that I never meal plan for all seven days of the week. I only meal plan about four nights, maybe three, like three or four weeknights, depending on how busy our week is. And then I allow leftovers to fill in those places or those pantry staples. So I don't really meal plan for that many meals throughout the week. 
Number three is it needs to be flexible. Remember, pantry staples are a huge component of meal planning because the worst thing in the world is when you get to supper time, you've forgotten to meal plan, you have an empty refrigerator like I do, and you have nothing to go back on. So then you have to go back out of the house and get carry out, or you just snack on random things and you have no idea what you're going to feed your kids. Trust me, I've been there, I've learned my lesson, and that's why I have pantry staples. So some things that are pantry staples for me are my five-ingredient blender pancakes. My kids love them, would eat them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm sure, without ever saying anything for the rest of their life. (laughs) Okay, maybe that's extreme. But we have them a lot, and they never complain. They really do love them. So I have that. I often always have something for homemade pizza, whether it's some pizza crust in the freezer that we can just pull together. Or I also usually utilize frozen vegetables and fruits for the majority of my meals. Like that's just one go-to tip that works well for me is that they're already prepped, they're already ready to go, and they're fresh. So I use frozen, I mean fresh, they're frozen, but they're they're picked fresh, right? Like they're they're very nutrient dense. And so I'll have frozen vegetables and oftentimes I'll have some kind of meat in the freezer that we can just throw meat and vegetables together. So be flexible, like be willing to ebb and flow. If something comes up one night, be willing to like push your meal plan around based on the weekly needs. So while I set three or four meals for the week, this is talking about suppers. I know that if something comes up, I can just move my meal plan around to fit accordingly to what's happening. Number four is that it has to have a plan, right? Like meal planning is nothing without the plan. Like it's a part of the word. I grew up in a family where meal planning wasn't a big thing, um, but my mom also went to the grocery store every day to buy the ingredients for supper. I saw her do this. Clearly, it must have worked for our family. That is not how it works for me. I live 10-ish minutes from the grocery store. Um, We live in rural Iowa, so we're out in the country, so it seems like a lot of work to drive back into town, even though if you were in the city, you might live 10 minutes from the grocery store. It doesn't seem that big of a deal. But I have to pack up with the kids and go to the grocery store every day, and we often end up buying more than we need, so it really does save on my budget. So for me, meal planning, like if you want to get into meal planning, you have to know that it's about the plan. You have to write something down on paper and kind of come up with a a reason behind this. Like I said, I get into this idea, or I get into this like kind of meal planning calendars where I don't really do this, but I feel like we cycle a lot of our meal plans. And if we just write them down, like I write them in my nurse planner, if I'm struggling to come up with a meal plan, I can go back four weeks and just copy that meal plan that I already created. So once you have these established and you know it works, a lot of times I'm starring those meal plans or I'm putting a tab there so that I can go back and refer to it later. But meal planning is nothing without the plan. It's a part of the word. And number five, it's just practice. Practice, 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 and being flexible, allowing meal planning to kind of be shaped into what works for you. And like I said, different seasons of my life, meal planning looks differently. So meal planning in the winter looks much differently than the summer. I feel like in the summer, it's a lot of already prep foods that we're going with, a lot of grilling um, and just fresh, raw, light vegetables, right? That don't take a lot of prep, not like the winter where there's soups and casseroles where there's more layering going on. So I feel like in the summer, it's a little bit easier. Like it doesn't have as much work behind it, which I love because I love to be outside. But then I put a bigger emphasis on batch cooking, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But just know that seasonally, it's going to ebb and flow. So I'm going to talk about how I do this. Now, I've gotten into a system where I can't plan a full seven days at once. 
So what I generally do is on the weekend, I'm planning for Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, I plan for the weekend because our plans will change. You know, like on Thursday, we might have friends who will call to ask us over on Friday, or we might have a cookout. Like the weekends just seem a little bit more free. And so I don't really know what we're going to do. I might have an idea of what we could have, but our weekends generally are a little more open. Plus, I can do that because I shop on Friday or Saturday. So when I meal plan for the upcoming week, a lot of times I'm meal planning for the weekend ahead as well. So that's what I do. But when I think meal planning, I'm really only thinking Monday through Friday, maybe even Monday through Thursday. So it's not a big chunk of time. It seems really manageable to me. And then from there, if I'm planning for Monday through Thursday and it's not a very busy week, I only plan for three meals that week. So I'm writing down ideas based on those seasons, based on what we're liking, um, based on how busy we're going to be. So I write down those ideas. Like those are kind of hard and fast. I buy the groceries for them. If there's something that I need to mix ahead of time, like making meatloaf or something like that, like I'll mix that up on the weekend if I have the time so I don't have to do it during the week. But of those three meals, they're definitely not all hands-on recipes. And what I mean by that is that I don't pick three really intense recipes in the same week. So I try to pick a couple that are pretty simple, pretty basic, and then maybe one that's a little bit more hands-on. So have a plan. So that's how I do our dinners. Like I said, I on Friday or Saturday, I'll prep the meals for the week. I usually buy the groceries then. And at the same time, I'm just kind of adding what we need for the weekend. Then for breakfast and lunch. So a lot of people ask me for quick go-to breakfast ideas and lunch ideas. The only way that I can have quick go-to ideas is that I do batch cooking. Now I say that lightly because I do batch cooking, but then I a lot of times have foods or food products that I purchased or made like homemade granola bars or fat bombs that are in the freezer um, that I can grab and go for breakfast. But here's what I do for breakfast and lunch. And I do this only for my husband and myself. My kids don't follow this because I'm going to talk about them later, what they do, which is really just a very repetitive food schedule that they love and it works. So whatever. Anyways, but I really only do batch cooking for my husband and myself. And I strictly do this for breakfast and lunch. If we have some that I can use on leftover night, fantastic. Um, but it's a batch cooking system, which we created over at Nourish Planner. And basically it's just a focus on ingredients, not on meals. So in this plan, what I'm focusing on is how can I layer these ingredients together to create full meals? So for instance, we usually cook some kind of protein, whether it's comes kind of shredded meat, shredded chicken, chicken tenders, um, maybe even just some, um, legumes like mung beans or some kind of bean and rice salad. So we have some kind of protein. Then I have a grain, rice, quinoa, um, some um, bands of pasta or something like that. Then I have a salad and I have roasted vegetables. And then I have some kind of dressing. So I have five things, right? There's five elements, a protein, a grain, a salad, a vegetable, and a dressing. It seems like a lot, but this is really simple because they're all ingredients, like I said. And a lot of times, like the dressing, I know at our local co-op, I love the ranch dressing. It's vegan. It's delicious. 
and I can just pick that up on the weekend. The same goes for salad mixes. A lot of times I'm using the actual bagged salad mixes that come with a dressing. Um, I love some of the organic kinds. I know Aldi is selling some that are great. Costco has some really great ones, but I usually stock up on those. Sometimes I'll buy like a box of lettuce to have with my ranch dressing, but I usually have one or two packages of these salad mixes. I know Dole has them too that I'll just have during the week because they make great lunches or a great way to mix it. Now, I will tell you, I can eat a whole bag of Dole salad mix, so don't feel bad by that. But if we have other additional things that you can layer on that, then it becomes a little more satisfying and it can go longer. So uh, for instance, I have those Dole salad mixes or salad mixes, ranch dressing, and then I usually roast two kinds of vegetables. So whether I put on a sheet pan some broccoli and cauliflower, or sometimes I'll do carrots. Um, right now, I just am really loving like potatoes with uh, some seasoning packet on it. So I'll roast some potatoes, and then we have some shredded meat of some sort. And that's what we do for our weekly batch cooking. I mean, it's really, really basic, but then I can layer those into salads, into rice bowls. I can use some of the components for breakfast and make like a Mediterranean hash with the potatoes and the dressing and some of the meat. So I really use that as a base for my breakfast and lunch all week long, and my husband does. So all that takes is looking at the ingredients, the basic ingredients. I'm going to write all this up in the show notes so you can have it, what you need to know about batch cooking, and I'm going to give you a deal on the batch cooking guide. Stay tuned for the end for that. So if you're like completely confused, bear with me. Batch cooking is so simple, and once you get into the routine of it, it will become a new norm. So we're really making enough that both my husband and myself can use those ingredients to mix and match to make breakfast and lunch. And then oftentimes we're using the leftovers, whatever's left over from the night before, as a filler in there too. So you get more variation because you might think, I'm going to get so sick of eating just these five things all week long. No, no, no. Because if you have leftovers from the night before, you can really start to mix and match them and get more variety. And then the next week, you just switch up those ingredients. Like it's really a simple system. So that's what I do. Dinner meal planning looks different than my lunch and breakfast. But like I said, I generally always have go-to items at home, and that's why I'm a really big fan of like, yes, I love whole foods, I love fresh foods, but there has to be some convenience in there, right? Like that's a real life. Like I said, I love the salad mixes because they're just easy to throw in a bowl. You have the salad dressing there. A lot of times I'll give you some nuts or seeds to put on it, and then I'll just put some warm roasted vegetables or some kind of protein source on top of that. I mean, and there you can walk out the door. But other things that I like to have on hand are things like coconut milk yogurt. We love to make parfaits. For me, it's a great grab-and-go breakfast because I can make it the night before um, or just something simple to throw together and mix up my breakfast options. So I love the coconut milk yogurt, um, the unsweetened kind, and I bite in the bigger tubs. And then I just mix, like I warm up some berries in a bowl, add coconut milk yogurt, and then I can top it with a fat ball. I can top it with a granola bar. I can add nuts and seeds like chia seeds and hemp hearts to it, maybe a drizzle of honey. And that's just a simple, easy, and yet filling breakfast that I can take on the run. And that comes from just having the yogurt tub. I Like I said, I like ranch dressing. Like if you have a local co-op or someone that makes homemade dressings, so easy and so great because it just adds so much flavor. I also love the Simply Organic seasoning packets. So if you don't know of a great dressing that you could have, Simply Organic makes the best seasoning packets. And what I mean by that is like they're like in little 
paper packets like you would buy taco seasoning in, only it's by the brand Simply Organic. They have a garlic and herb seasoning packet. That's what I'm putting on my potatoes right now because white potatoes are in season and that is delicious. So I'll do that. They have um, a pesto mix that you can get. I mean, they have all kinds of seasoning packets. I really, really love them because they're quick and simple. Oftentimes we'll rely on a rotisserie chicken, even if I'm buying it with all of my groceries. Like if I run out of food at the end of the week and I don't have anything, like tonight I can go grab a rotisserie chicken and have some frozen vegetables that are in my freezer and come up with something with that. But sometimes I'll just buy a rotisserie chicken when I'm buying all of my groceries. I'll cool it down and then I can shred it for chicken salad. I can shred it to put in soups. I can make Asian chicken lettuce wraps with it. So don't underestimate the power of partially cooked food. Convenience food has created a lot of help for us and you can find healthy options of that. That's what I'm trying to say. So rotisserie chickens are great. I also, like I said, almost always buy all frozen fruits and vegetables. Of course, we have like apples and bananas and whatever might be in season. We're coming up on supper, so it's great because we love melons and watermelons and um, all the fresh berries, but fresh berries are really expensive. And my kids like them warmed up to put on their pancakes or to put in parfaits. And so frozen fruit works fantastic for that. So I do that. And then, like I said, I almost always am using at night when I'm cooking dinners, frozen vegetables. Or when I'm meal prepping and roasting vegetables, it's frozen vegetables. Unless I can get it from like the local farmer's market, which around here only happens in the summer, it's always frozen vegetables. Like I said, they're picked when they're fresh, they're super nutritious, and they're all prepped and ready to go. So it's so easy to just throw them on things or in things. Then other things that I'm buying, I usually buy some kind of tortilla shell. Um, For the kids, I oftentimes buy like a gluten-free bread that we like. I don't buy a ton of baked products like waffles or anything like that because I, I have recipes like my blender pancakes or waffles that work really well for that. But I do usually keep a loaf of bread in my freezer for my kids to mix up their breakfast. Occasionally, if I need something for lunch, Um, I'll have like an avocado toast. I mean, really simple, right? So those are just good things to have on hand to add to and like mix up your batch cooked ingredients. I like the Sieta brand tortilla shells, if you're wondering. The other thing that I have, the last thing that I want to tell you is Trader Joe's cauliflower gnocchi. I always keep this in my freezer. And for me, it's a great lunch option or a great dinner option. Like if I have a great protein, but I don't know what to do with it, maybe we'll make um, shredded beef and pea gnocchi. I mean, like there's a lot of things that you can do just to substitute out. Like you can take any kind of pasta recipe that you find and you can just add this gnocchi to it. And instead of having pasta, you can have the gnocchi. I mean, it's just all about just intermixing ingredients maybe that are partially cooked to speed up the process of cooking. So those are some of my go-to foods to have on hand. I Like I said, I generally always have those on hand and it just helps to, to mix it up. So like when I talk about prepping my breakfast and lunch and doing the batch cooking system, yes, I probably have that three times a week. Um, intermix between breakfast and lunch, but then my breakfast might be a yogurt parfait or it might be a smoothie with a granola bar. So a lot of these things, again, are just a focus on ingredients. Occasionally I will make homemade granola bars and I just keep those in the fridge. If I make a double or triple batch, they usually last me three or four weeks, depending on how often my kids get into them. They're super simple. So that stuff doesn't take a long time. It's not making, it's not like making beef ragu or something like that. So 
those are some go-to things. And that's my encouragement to you is don't just focus on like these massive meals, but focus on just a few ingredients and how you can layer them even with partially cooked foods. So what am I cooking for spring? Remember, I love seasonal eating. If you go back to episode number 144, I talk all about the spring and summer season, which are two distinct seasons. But really, when it comes to eating, it's all about light, it's about fresh, smaller meals, um, and cooling foods. So while I still believe in a warm component to every meal, like if you have a salad, add something warm to it just for satiety, I really think this is one of the easiest seasons to eat because you don't have to do a lot of cooking. Like it's all prepped and ready to go for you. So right now, like we've kind of gone away from soups and casseroles and we're back in the mode of grilling. We're doing a lot of salad bowls. So like think chipotle salad bowls with salad and rice and beans and some kind of grilled meat or something like that. It's just a layer of warm components with cool components. So for batch cooking, I've switched to more fresh salads. Like I said, doing the salad bowls. I like pesto. Like I'll just put warm up pesto and I can spread pesto in a lettuce wrap with meat or I can put pesto over my avocado toast. I can put pesto in my hash in the morning. So I really love pesto and it's a great way just to add flavor. Simply Organic has a great pesto packet that you can make. Uh, Also, we do a lot of rice. We're doing more legume-based meals, so I might do some rice and beans with vegetables. We're doing really less meat. I really only have animal products at supper right now in the spring and the summer just to lighten things up, and oftentimes we're grilling those right now. I like the Mediterranean flavor, so the olives, the tomatoes, the spinach, like that's all in, and so if I make gnocchi, that cauliflower gnocchi, it's going to be more Mediterranean-based this time of the year. Like I'm adding in the fruits and vegetables that are in season with what I do all winter long. So it's not this massive seasonal change, but just simple ingredients that I've changed out. Like I said, I'm doing more fresh fruit. There's probably more parfaits, definitely more smoothies going on. And seasonally right now, I'm kind of into more of the white potatoes rather than the sweet potatoes. However, if you have a nightshade problem, just stick to the sweet potatoes or go with a white sweet potato. I'm not doing potatoes all the time because I do believe that that's probably not the greatest option, but I do think that white potatoes, if you're not sensitive to them, have a great nutritional property to them and they're in season right now. Um, So that's what I'm eating. So like I said, I really try to stick with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I avoid snacking, which means if I'm having a hash for breakfast, I might add a smoothie to that just to give it variety and to make sure I'm getting full so I can make it to lunch. So you kind of have to know your body, play around with this, but meal planning has to work for you. Like that's the bottom line. If it's not working for you, it won't. Like like you won't get anywhere but frustrated. And meal planning shouldn't be frustrating. It should be a key to freedom. So we want you to start thinking about that. Like look at your life, look at how you're meal planning, or if you're not meal planning, question why are you not? And how can you transition those thoughts into something positive? How can you transition those thoughts into being about freedom? Like what is meal planning going to give you um, and how is it worth it? And I think once we can wrap our mind around that and we can start to experience and taste that through meal planning, it becomes something that you want to do. Like I get angry the weeks that I don't have time to meal planning. Like this last week, I was gone all weekend and it threw off my normal meal planning and grocery shopping schedule. And so, like I said, we have absolutely nothing in the refrigerator right now. For supper, we're going to have pancakes because (laughs) pancakes and eggs, because that's all we have right now. And then tomorrow I'm going to go stock up and do my whole meal planning thing. In the show notes, I'm going to give you the batch cooking guide. Like I said, it's a simple system. I love, I mean, obviously it was created 
bias because we really believe that meal planning should not be as complicated and you should not have to meal prep all of your meals, like cook all the recipes at once. I know some people love that. It's just not what works for us. And so we created the batch cooking basic system as another way, like it has a different way. But overall, the real goal is is it has to work for you and you have to be flexible and you just have to do it, right? Like just keep doing it and you'll eventually grow into what works for you. Remember, it's seasonal. So sometimes it's going to take a little more work. Sometimes it's not just depending on that. And once you get into a good routine of your meal plans, it's going to go so much better. So to help you out with this, I'm going to give you my six-week meal rotation schedule for spring. And I'm just going to kind of give you some ideas on what I'm bashing. So to help you out, I'm going to show you a few weeks of how I meal plan with my batch cooking system and my meals. And I'm going to give you the recipes for those as well. And also, I'm going to give you that batch cooking basics guide for free. So if you don't have the batch cooking basics guide or you want to get it for someone else, you have it and you love it and you want to get it for someone else, how you're going to do this is if you leave me an honest rating and review over on iTunes, that can be found at simplerrootswellness.com backslash review and take a screenshot of that, send it to me, email it to me. I will send you back the batch cooking basics guide for free. It's a $15 guide that we sell. And I would just love to give it to you if you would help me out in that way. So take a screen, write a review, take a screenshot, maybe even share it with your friends and family. I would love that so much. Send it back and I will give you the guide for free. Otherwise, you can head on over to nourishplanner.com, grab that batch cooking basics guide, which I will also link up in the show notes as well. But how simple, just leave a review and it won't cost you anything. Anyways, that's my little plug to leave your rating and review. Obviously, those mean a lot to me and to this podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Simple Rich Radio. I'm so glad you're here. I hope that was helpful in the scope of meal planning because ultimately it's about you and what works and overcoming the mindset hurdle of what we believe to be true about meal planning and what actual meal planning means to you. So thanks for tuning in. I will be back next week on Wednesday with another episode of Simple Rich Radio. Can't wait to see you here. Don't forget to head to the show notes to get all the information, simplerootswellness.com backslash 146. And don't forget the mindset series is coming up again this summer. We're diving into anxiety and I have so many awesome guests coming on. So stay tuned for that and I will see you here next week.